<laughs> just checking. Okay. Uh, it's great being together, and Joan uh, and I so uh, love being with you, and it's been great to literally reconnect with folks we've known for some years now, but also to make some new friends as well. And uh, it's just good sensing what God's doing amongst you. And I know last week, I, you know, just started by saying, I just sense that God's, it just feels something fresh God is doing. It's been so exciting to hear about your weekend away and how God met with you and just the, you know, just the good things that God was doing there. And then hearing about your move into new premises, you know, that happens kind of late summer or later on in summer. And we, we popped by there this week, and it just feels good. It's great. It kind of feels like, you know, it's a bit like, you know, when children grow up and you write on the wall, some, some parents put on the wall, they're that height, and you see the pencil mark, and then they're that height, and you see the pencil mark, and, you know, and there's that sense, I think, of moving into that new school, that God's going to bless that, use that, and really cause you... It's not just going to bless you, but it's going to bless you so you're a blessing to many in, in that school. Okay? And I believe that that kind of sets the scene a little bit of these last two weeks. We've been looking at uh, this character called Caleb from the Old Testament, and, but reading from the book of Joshua, uh, and particularly Joshua chapter 14. And it's, it's a fascinating time in the story of the people of God that it actually has been an exciting story. It's one of those times when you kind of uh, tune in to the Israelite, you know, the people of Israel, and they're seeing advance, they're into the promised land, they've crossed the Jordan, walls from Jericho have come down, there's some good lessons, they've seen God at work, there's been some painful lessons they've had to learn on the way as well about just the seriousness of sin and, and really taking God seriously. And yet there's that sense of advance together as God's people. And it's brought them to this point where chapter 13 begins by saying uh, that God speaks to Joshua and says, you are now very old. Okay? You're very old and there's still much to do. Okay? And you then go into this next phase, which is really about a, a different way of moving forward. It's actually about all the tribes taking responsibility. And, uh, and I think we can very much apply that into our lives, that there's a sense of, as church, you know, church grows through everyone taking responsibility. It's important to see that. It's not just, you know, hinging on a few leaders, you know, who work very, very hard, <laughs> okay? But it's a sense of, the church, the body of Christ, as each part does its work, then together we advance the kingdom. And that's where I think this, this passage, this section of Joshua, it, it, it is so applicable to us. And then we zero in on Caleb. So I'm going to read the section to you again um, from Joshua 14, verse 6. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephonah, Jif the Genazite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea? I'm being told by Cheryl to move out of the way. <laughs> I just want the Lord to write his word on my heart. <laughs> okay, I just want, okay. okay. Um, 
Where was I? You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, this is Caleb speaking, now then, just as the Lord promised, he's kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that, that the Anakites were there and that their cities are large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Okay, so in, the, in this critical time for the people of God, we read about Caleb, and elsewhere, in fact, you read about Caleb in Numbers, and you realize that he, and you read that he was a man of a different spirit. He was one of those original 12 spies, and of the 12 that went in to spy out the land, it was only two of them who said, yes, we can. Or rather, yes, God can. And all the other spies said, yeah, sure, the land's great, there's milk, there's honey, there's massive bunches of grapes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, ooh, you ought to see the people. You ought to see the problems. You ought to see the issues. And that's where they stopped. And of course, you know the story from then on, the people of Israel wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. But Caleb was of a different spirit. He saw what God could do. He didn't ignore the problems, but he saw that God was bigger. And that's a massive challenge for our lives, isn't it? Because that's where we live life. We are faced by problems. We're faced by issues. It never gets easier. But the issue is, what is our view of God? How do we see him? What's the biggest in our thinking? And last week, we, we just saw that Caleb somehow knew. He knew how to live for the promises. He let the promises of God really get under his skin. But not only that, he had these convictions about who God is and what God can do. That's such a challenge in our day when actually we're surrounded by the opinions of other people. What governs our lives is a big question. Is it what other people think or is it what God says? And Caleb somehow had fought that battle in his heart. And, and then we read this description of what, what did Caleb do for 45 years? What did he do? 
What did he do? He walked with God. He followed the Lord wholeheartedly. And we must catch the New Testament implication of that, that Jesus called Peter, Simon, Andrew, he called women to come and what? To follow him. As our first calling as believers is to follow the Lord Jesus. And the wonderful thing is this, as we follow him and as we believe in him, so now in Christ, it's not that we aspire to be a Caleb as a kind of superhero, we have our superhero in Christ. But now in Christ, we can learn from these Old Testament saints and we can apply these truths to our lives. So today, we can live with a different spirit. That's the issue. Actually, we live with the Holy Spirit in us. We can live differently. And that's what this nation of Sweden needs to see. It's what our nation of England needs to see. People living with a different spirit. People need to encounter in these days people of conviction. Yes, I really believe this. People are living for what God says and not just what we're making up. And then we come to just a few more things that I just want to focus on now about that we can just learn from Caleb in terms of moving on and pressing into uh, what God's got for us, in terms of possessing the land. And again, we need to interpret that. What does that mean for us? You see, in Joshua's time, it was geography, it was territorial, it was defined, it was a bit on the map. But again, we read the New Testament, and Jesus says this, go into all the world and make disciples. And so we need to interpret this in terms of this is our mission. It's actually why Good First exists. It's for this reason. It is a territory taken for Jesus. And what does that territory look like? Well, it's no longer just geography. It's people's lives. Hearts, one for Jesus. And it's in that light we say, there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot to do. And that's why this, uh, it, this section is so important. So what's this next thing that we learn about Caleb? Well, he overcame disappointment. He overcame disappointment by the grace of God. Okay, this is going to be my biggest point today. Okay, so don't sort of think, okay, you spent that long on that point. How's he going to squeeze the rest of it? Biggest point. He overcame disappointment. How do we view setback and delay? How do we handle it? Let's just pause and think. 45 years earlier, Caleb got to the very edge of the promised land. He believed, we can do it, guys. And he had to turn back and go just wandering around in the wilderness. Does he imagine what was going on in his heart and his mind at that point? These folks in the Old Testament, they're flesh and blood like you and I. 
Real emotions. Just imagine, he knows he can do it. It's like, we can do it. Nah. Really? Nah. And he has to just walk away and turn back from it. And look at how Caleb describes that experience now. Okay? It says this. Now the Lord... This verse 10, just as the Lord promised, has kept me alive for 45 years while Israel moved about in the wilderness. Okay, I just, I, this verse is powerful. The first thing about that verse is it focuses on what God did. It says, the Lord kept me. The Lord kept me alive. We've got to have that perspective on our lives. It's God who keeps us. He is our Father. As we've been hearing prophetically through the worship, he holds us. None can pluck us from his hand. What he's planned, he will do. We belong to him. We're his. He has kept us. Key perspective. So his first reflection on what we could very easily say were wasted years in the wilderness, possibly through the prime of his life, is God kept me. It's a Godward perspective. How do we handle disappointment? How do we handle the stuff in life that doesn't work out as we would like it to, as we want it to, as we would dream it's possible to. How do we handle that? Know this first. God keeps us. Let him be your focus. And then, and then this second phrase, I, I think it's hilarious. It says this. It says, while well, Israel moved about in the wilderness. What a phrase. There's no hint of anger, of frustration, or you don't kind of, he's not blaming others. He's not saying, you know, God kept me while those unbelieving, doubting, renegade, whatever, just time wasters, all dropped dead in the desert. He's not saying that. He's saying, well, Israel moved about in the desert. I think the ESV says saying that, well, Israel walked about in the desert. Did, did Caleb feel anger? Did he feel frustration? Did he feel hurt? Did he feel disappointment? I bet he did. Flesh and blood. But did that define him? No, it didn't. That's the issue. And we're going to hear this because, dear friends, life has disappointment. Life has delay. Life doesn't turn out as we expect it to. 
Life doesn't, you know, sometimes in, a, in our youth we can look at life and we can have all these plans and these expectations and think, well, by then I like to do this, by then I like to do that, and by then I like to do this. As a 40-year-old, you know, as a younger person, Caleb would say, yeah, 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 and yes, we can. Then he had to live with everything being turned upside down. How do we handle it? God, get me. But he didn't blame others. It would have been so easy. We can give him reason to blame others. We know there were the unbelief, you know, the, the, the doubters. He wasn't cynical either. It wasn't, oh, well, here we are now, at last. Now we can go into the land, at last, for goodness sake. You, know, you caught up with me now. It's nothing like that. There's so many attitudes that rob us of moving forward. And a lot of them are rooted in things that happened to us in the past. Or a lot of them are rooted in what we think other people owe us. This is a powerful scripture. Let God get under your, under your skin, into our hearts with this. We've been there. I've been there. I could tell my stories of delay. I could tell my stories of, you know, in my mind, being let down by others. Where are we going to rest our hearts? In the grace of God and in the sovereignty of God. That's what Caleb does. God loves you. He keeps you. He's sovereign. He's sovereign over all the delays. He's sovereign over it all. He's our father. Overcome disappointment by the grace of God. Next thing is this. He then goes on to say, uh, so here I am today, 85 years old. Have we got that slide? I worked very hard on some graphics for this one. Look at this. I hope you're going to be impressed by this. I've worked hard on this preach. Look at that. There's me doing my 85-year-old impression. My hair's gone grey. Okay, I've lost some hair. My hair's gone grey. Okay, and obviously there's a bit of issue of dandruff going on there as well. <laughs> you know, but anyway. <laughs> anyway so here I have to... You can take that off now if you want to, Verity. Okay, that's enough. Okay, so... Um, so, here I am today. Just those phrases. So, here I am. Powerful three words. Here I am. It's the language of availability. It's saying, Lord, I'm yours. Not, oh, yeah, I was yours 45 years ago. Neither is it, oh, I'm not quite ready yet. <laughs> not yet. No, here I am. Available. It's like the family motto of the children of God and of the family of God. And it's what you read in Isaiah, when Isaiah has this amazing 
revelation of God in his holiness and in his glory, and he falls down just undone, and he cries out, oh man, I'm a man undone. And then he overhears the sense of this heavenly conversation, which again is all about mission, it's all about moving forward, it's all about what God, the mission God has called us into. And as God cleanses, he touches his lips, and then, and, and, and then here's this conversation, who, who, who will go, who will go? And Isaiah says, here I am. Here I am. It's actually the language of Jesus. If you were to read in Hebrews, and it, it's quotes from, uh, from Psalm 40, that actually Jesus, we read this scripture, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Instead, he's looking for one to say, here I am. Here I am. I've come to do your will. And that's how Jesus lived. That's how Jesus lived before the Father. Every day, you can read, you're working through the Gospel of John, and you know again and again and again, Jesus just reveals how he lived. He lived for the Father. He spoke the words the Father gave him. He spoke the reality of this. Here I am. Come to do your will. And now in Christ, we can now have that same response. Lord, I'm yours. Here I am. As we've sung those great, end of a great song about, you know, about free, I'm now child of God. I'm free, I'm free indeed. What does that freedom look like? Is it just freedom to kind of just do our own thing and go our own merry way and kind of think, hey, I'm free, free. It's free to say, here I am. We are free to serve the Father as Jesus did. And there is no better way of living. There's no better way of living. Be available. Here I am. It's a response to the family of God. And, and, then, and then Caleb goes on to say, I mean, it is hilarious, isn't it? 85 years old. I'm still as strong today. I mean, this is real stuff. I mean, we are, you know, it's, it, and it's not superhero stuff, real stuff. Come on, let's get it. Whoa. I think one of the reasons he's strong today as he was 45 years earlier was because he'd made good decisions 45 years earlier and he learned how to walk with God through all those times. And please hear this, there's no shortcuts. Gotta hear this. And so he could then say, here I am, I'm ready, I'm strong. And again, what's that mean for us? Well, being strong in Scripture isn't just digging in ourselves and just kind of finding our own resources. I think, okay, deep breaths, we're going to do this. Being strong, again, in Ephesians, we read about be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verity, I think, read a Scripture from Colossians 1, which talked about being strengthened. It's a continual prayer of Paul's. You can read in Ephesians 3, Paul prays about being strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man. 
we can be strengthened. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't just dig deep, but we drink deep. We receive well the Holy Spirit. We learn to be filled with him. So the reality is, physically, we might be weak. Now, it it seems like, you know, Caleb was physically strong as well. But we might be very weak, you know, because this outer body is decaying. But actually, we can be strong within, in the inner man. Be strong. Okay, how do we step into the more that God's calling us to, that he's calling every one of us into? How do we do that? Well, be filled with the Spirit. Be strengthened in the Lord. Be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. You find that verse in Hebrews, end of Hebrews. It's an important verse. Our hearts can be strengthened by grace. As we feed on the truths of grace, which where we ended with worship, we're singing a song that was feeding our hearts on the grace of God. I am chosen, I'm forgiven, I'm his, and I've forgotten all the rest of the words, but it was great. Okay? As you feed on all those, what were we doing? We were feeding on the grace of God. Our hearts are being strengthened. It's not just so we go around and go, oh, look at me. It's so we're strengthened in grace. Be strong. Be strong in what God's given us to be strong in. Don't get stuck in your past. Overcome disappointment. Be available. Saying, Lord, here I am. It's what God calls us to. It's a wonderful thing. And it's a battle of our hearts, isn't it, if we're honest? It's not like, you know, in one sense it can be easy to preach. Boy, is it tough. I get the easy job of preaching it. Boy, is it tough to live it. But, you know, we wake up to it each day. So, Lord, Monday morning, here it is again. It's another Monday morning. Here I am. Wherever you've got me, wherever you place me, I'm yours. Be strong. And then just the last thing is this. Be bold, okay? It sits there... (laughs) You kind of catch his heart, don't you? In verse 11, it ends up, I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me. Now give me. Give me this hill country. He's kind of, give me. Boy, do we need that. Do we need this bold, passionate, asking, Appetite for God. Say, God, give me. I believe your story here as a church so far has been because prayers like that have been prayed. God, give me a job. It's true, isn't it? God, give me somewhere to live. God, give me, you know, you can fill in the blanks. It's bold asking. 
I'm just reading through John's Gospel myself at the moment. And just this week came to that bit and I stuck at it. It says this, Jesus said this to his disciples, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen, <laughs> Absolutely. Amen, hallelujah. I read through that. I thought, that's a challenge. So I went back and reread it. It's wonderful. And we need testimony of that word. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's Jesus giving us a license to boldness. Now, we can all, we've all got stories and battles with unanswered prayer. I know that. And that's kind of, somehow, that's where that first point I made all fits in. You know, for 45 years, for four, that actually Caleb has to cope with delay and disappointment and all the rest of it. So you need to hear that, and you need to hear this. And we need to hear both together. But you don't let delay and disappointment rob you from boldness in asking God. Jesus invites him. It's what the Father is everything. God has been speaking to us in mind. The Father invites us to say, come on, boldly ask. First was so important to us. There were, you know, we've got three, three adult children, Cheryl and I, and there was a time when two of them were struggling with God. Just so happens that both of them are here. Okay. But, 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 I, won't, but I, won't, I won't embarrass them by saying which two. But, but two of them are here. And, and, and for different reasons, they were struggling with God and the church. This, it was at that time, this, this scripture, I spoke so powerfully to us. And our prayer life was very simple. God, give us dot, dot, fill in the name. God, give us. God, give us. I, I've been challenged again. And actually, you're looking at the fruit of, I believe, the Father in heaven giving. And you can tell stories, I know. We've got to get this. This is where church, remember where we started, church is about us moving forward as the people of God. There's much to do. It's not about a few leaders working very, 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 very hard. Because if they do, they'll get very, very old very quickly. Okay? Okay? It's about the church of the body of Christ taking responsibility. That's what Caleb does. Now, give me. What are you praying for right now where you're saying, God, give me? It's important for you now as you step into this new phrase together. You know, when you're praying within small groups or always friends, whatever, say, God, give us. Give us. Give us salvation here in Gothenburg. Give us healings. Give us the breakthrough. Give us the advance of your kingdom. Wherever you're working, believe big things for where you work. A number of you work in schools, education, some of you in technology, others of you in development, all sorts of things. Ask the big prayers. God, give me influence there. I was so challenged walking the dog about three weeks ago and just in our village in England, walking the dog, and I was challenged about how am I praying at the moment? Am I praying big prayers? And my challenge was this, that if I'm not praying big prayers, then I don't have a, actually 
a big God. <laughs> okay? Be bold in asking. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. <laughs> give me. We're given the freedom to that. There may be things personally that hold us back from that. You know? Is it right to pray that sort of prayer? Yes, it is. Jesus told us to. Is it selfish? No, it isn't. Because as we, if God gives to us and blesses us, we become a blessing to others. Do we deserve it? No, we don't. Okay? Let's deal with those ingrained attitudes that rob us of that praying. For the English... It can be cynicism. I don't know in this nation what it would be. But in every culture, you've got something in your culture that somehow works against this sort of praying. We're of a different spirit. A Caleb spirit. Don't be passive about our faith. Our faith. Or fatalistic, oh, what would be, what would be? Yeah, i sure I believe in the sovereignty of God. Yeah, we believe in the sovereignty of God. <laughs> That's why we ask. God, breaks through. Let's not be lazy. You can reach a point and think, okay, we've got a few answers prayer tucked on the rebel. Let's now, we'll just coast now. There is much to be done. God's going to just, God's, God's given you bigger influence here in Gothenburg and beyond. He's going to give you other, he's going to give you influence into other cities in Sweden. I believe that. Much to do. Be bold when you're asking. Do you know the other last thing that can rob us from being bold? is bad conscience. Sin does mess with us. And we can all... We can all sin. We can all slip up. We can all mess up. That's a reality. But the Bible says, if we sin, confess it. Deal with it. Get it sorted. Repent. Deal with it. Our Father in heaven, <laughs> as far as the east is from the west, will remove our transgressions from us. Yeah. We've heard it this morning. He'll do it. He'll do it. Gone. Good conscience. Now, give me. Don't limp along with a bad conscience. Think, oh, I really messed up. Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Life's too short. The mission's too big. God's too great. <laughs> it's, it's what God wraps us up in. Deal with it. So it can be bold asking God. If God wants to, so get this Caleb, as I'm putting a Caleb spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit, really, I think, in us. That we would be this, that we'd live for the promises God's given. We'd be gripped with the convictions 
of who God is and what he can do. That we'll be passionate lovers of Jesus, following him. Today is a day to love Jesus. That we overcome disappointment. Don't be trapped by your past. That we're available. We learn that family motto, okay? You know, we've, you know, we live with all sorts of clothing brands, don't we? With all sorts of mottos. Let, let's get that one, you know, across our chest. Here I am. Here I am. Be available. Be strong. Let's be bold. Let's believe God's called us to a significant thing, an inheritance that each of us can possess. It really is seeing people's lives one for Jesus that's what it's about wonderful we're going to worship I just we're going to respond I just feel just I've been praying about this morning that I think there's some folks who you know there's something from the past that it almost, has a, it almost has a hook in you. It's often there in your thinking. It kind of just holds you back. It's like a hook. And it might be recent past. It may actually have been decades ago. I don't know. But it just somehow, it stops you. It stops you in the freedom that we've sung about. And I believe today you can be free of it. Today is a day, and you don't have to say what it is, actually. I believe it's that there's just a response to God of saying, I want to be free of it. I believe today you can be free of it. I believe that. God can do it. I believe there's others of you, it's almost like you've just gone, it's like you're living life in the drift. Uh, you're just kind of just going along. And God wants you to say afresh, here I am. It's almost that fresh sense of saying, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. And I believe that there's a a response in those two ways this morning. It might be other ways as well. But I believe God's speaking to some folks. And I think it's important you respond. You know, know, sometimes it's good just to share, you know, and kind of, oh, can, can you pray for me? Sometimes it's good to be quite physical and quite deliberate in response. And so what I think would be good to do is this, and we're going to get the musicians will slightly soonish start playing, and before they do, I'm going to hum with some melodic worship music. Okay. But as they, just, as, they just, as they just play, what I'm going to invite you to do, actually, is if you know God's spoken to you about a specific thing that you just need to be free of, or there's a response saying, yes, Lord, I'm yours, then I'm going to ask you to stand. And then, you know, just ask you to stand where you are, physical act of saying, Lord, here I am.